Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Joe Doring. I'm here at World Famous Corken Hall. What's going on? It's Sammy Guevara, the best ever. And you, yes, you are listening to WrestleCast Radio, baby. WrestleCast Radio, it's the number one podcast in all of wrestling, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Richie Rude. Well, I'll tell you something, Bulldozer, I am impressed. I mean, I can't come out here and I can't squash an apple with my bare hands. It does show that you do have a lot of power and you are a man to be respected. But, you know, I tell you, I can't come out here and I can't crush an apple, but there's one thing I can do. And that's get step into the ring and fight as hard as I know how to do and do the best job that I know how to do. And tonight, we're going to search for the next WWE Diva. Now, to vote for these beautiful young ladies, you have to vote. Go to... to <laughs> go to, uh, go to uh, WWE. Dial 86946. And vote for your favorite Diva Search contestant and text message your favorite Diva Search girl. And starting this moment from now, from this moment on, this will be the moment starting now of the genesis of McGillicuddy. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me at this time... Brock Lesnar, Curtis Axel, and Paul Heyman. I just wanted to get your comments on what just transpired out in the ring there between your two clients and your former best friend, CM Punk. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer. I'm the beast and the best in the world. Paul, say something stupid. You say your name is Finley and you love to fight. I say your name is Finley and you're a bastard. Wow, can't say that. So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. You've ruled the world long enough, Sid Vicious. Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. I'm ready. Along with Davy Boy, Sting, and Dusty Rhodes, we'll see you at the Fall Brawl at the War Games. Until then. This is WrestleCast Radio with your hosts, Ryan Cook and Alex Mello. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, WrestleCast Radio episode 109 coming at you. On a Sunday afternoon, a little different than normal, different time. We're coming in at you solo today, having having a fun show. Alex may jump in at some point. Um, he's he's out of town. He has no obligation to be here. And I just wanted to talk some wrestling. I, I couldn't I couldn't wait. I just got off a cruise for the last week, and 
not having any exposure to seeing wrestling was harder than I thought it was. When over the last nine months, I've suddenly dived into about 10 different wrestling companies. And boy, was I out of the loop. Uh, speaking of out of the loop, back on February 10th, uh, just, just last Sunday, when I was, I think, on a plane about what it was going on, uh, Dragon Gate Truthgates, uh, day five, I believe it was, dropped. And Pac had his title defense uh, against KZ from Natural Vibes. And I'm going to tell you flat out, top three of the year so far. This match was incredible. Four and three-quarter star match easily. I've seen people go the full five, and I don't doubt them or blame them for it. Uh, we'll get into that match a little bit later, but if you haven't, uh, it's not on the Dragon Gate Network at the moment. They usually will show the show live, and then they'll pull it for like a week and then re-upload it. I don't, I don't know how it... It's, it's a weird website. It's, it's, as much as I really like Dragon Gate and as much as I watch Dragon Gate, it's one of the subscription services that I don't watch. And sadly, it's partially for the simple fact that uh, I can usually find it if I if I use my Google fingers well enough where I can kind of see the stuff where, like I said, I don't think it's dropped on the network yet, but I've seen. So, you know, it's give or take. And, and look, I'm not trying to say don't pay for Dragon Gate because you should pay for Dragon Gate. You should pay for all of them. But after a while, it starts getting pretty pricey, <laughs> especially now that Big Japan's uh, service should be up and running anytime. Stardom's is finally should be back up and ready to roll as they have another draft, I think, coming up, too. I'm not sure who the prime minister is going to take first, but there's a lot going on with Puro overseas in Japan that are worth watching. Uh, Tuesday is the Giant Baba Memorial Show that we've talked about. Still trying to get confirmation as to what platform that may be on or if it's even going to make any sort of tape stateside. Uh, I will tweet out links if I find anything. I Like I said, when I was in Tokyo, the last I had heard was it was going to be on, on, on YouTube. But I haven't seen anything or heard anything since then. So I don't give or take. We'll see what happens. But it's, I mean, any show that's got, I believe it's Kento Miyahara and Daisuke Sakamoto against Hiroshi Tanahashi and Yoshitatsu, oddly enough. It's a, it's a great main event. Um, get to see the, the aces. Well, I don't know. It'll be interesting if you want to fully call the ace uh, Tanahashi anymore. I mean, obviously we go ace, but the way new beginning in Osaka went, it's, it's kind of the new era. And, you know, I think that might be the best way to get into it. Uh, we can start from the main event and work our way down. Uh, we'll kind of go reverse order that I usually do with Alex, just because I want to talk this main event for everybody who listened uh, to episode 108. I believe we did it last Saturday evening. Um, could be wrong. I could be right. Not that that one. I could be wrong, <laughs> um, but I, I had asked the question to Alex, where you know Tanahashi winning the G one, facing a uh, you know the the pre match with with Kenny Omega. How long was this the plan? Was this always the plan to just give Kenny Omega a solid win that doesn't hurt Tanahashi, that would sell tickets and doesn't doesn't do anything to either character with the outcome? Or was it always a transition or, you know, was, was, what was going to happen? And I truly felt that once, once the AEW thing fully kicked off and, you know, and we were in Tokyo and, you know, I, 
with some people who know some people who know some people, you could say. Um, and and they, uh oh, I think. Hold on a second. Is that Alex? Oh, <laughs> Alex here. Alex is. Oh uh, no, I missed all that... the cake pops. <laughs> missed He's all at the a cake bar mitzvah, pops. I think. I am at a bar mitzvah engagement party for the uh, for our uh, regular co uh, guest co-host uh, David Ritter here out in the Illinois. What's going on, sir? Hey, just uh, just uh, getting down, talking about, did a little Dragon Gate kind of preview, but just about to get into this new beginning. Ooh, nice. Kazani, uh, right? Kazani versus Pac, right? <laughs> that's, that's what you keep sending me. So that's why I've been skeptical on watching it, but I know I will watch it tonight. Every every time I hear you call KZY Kazani, uh, my kid has a, a choice word for you, Alex. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I know that when you guys come to the door, like, I really, uh, I really blew a vessel there. I got to keep going with it. <laughs> oh, you have to. You have to. I mean, there's no getting around it. Um, I, I kind of told everyone that I, I, you know, Alex may pop in. I wasn't sure what was going on, but you know, good to have you for as long as I guess we have you. Um, it's always a pleasure having having my partner in crime here. Um, but I, I thought we get right into new beginning in Osaka, and I wanted to start at the whole end of the show and work backwards this time. And the main reason why, and I guess actually with with you on the line right now, it's the easiest way to do it is I kind of had that whole thought that Tanahashi was never supposed to beat Omega. He is a transitional champion. They're going to put it on Jay White and Jay White's going to eventually drop it to Okada to get it to Naito. I know it's a few changes, but that was my my thought. I I thought there was a good chance Jay White. And he, and he did it, though. I mean, Jay White, Jay White gets the victory, a decisive victory. He probably worked 70-30 from the top. I mean, that was a dominating mm-hmm. match. Do you think great, now... Uh, great work of the late. That is definitely for sure. Yeah. And, you know, every time Tanahashi started to get momentum, Jay White would cut him off. And the one time it really looked like Tanahashi was going to finally take over was that one instance when Gato got on the apron. And it took his focus away. Jay White cuts him back off. There wasn't any of these high fly flow false finishes where he's got to hit three of them. This was, you didn't hit anything, and I'm putting you down, and I'm putting the dog to the pasture. Uh We obviously... a perfect way to kind of talk about that. Because, like, on (laughs) on last week's show, where I was just like, Tanahashi, I don't know. I think that, you know, why give him the title to give that? And then, like you said... You broke down that same scenario you just said on on the last show, like, well, maybe it was supposed to meant to be four, and then for Jay White to you know kind of win back the t- or win the title there, you know, take another you know win from uh, from Omega, and you know, kind of midway through the match, I said, yes, Ryan is definitely correct. This is gonna be awesome, and I don't know, you know, we we definitely you know we did our ballots for the 2018 you know WrestleCast End of the Year awards. You know, kind of uh, Ryan doing the awesome due diligence of getting all of those, you know, kind of tallied there, uh, which I think, what did we break about? 350, correct? Oh, it was, it was a lot. It's, they're, just, they're still not all tallied. They're still not all tallied. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got a few people actually at this party saying, hey, I got my ballot. We're going to get that sent tonight. So it's very cool. But, um, but uh, no, and, and the thing is, is, you know, when we went through the male wrestler, you know, not just because Jay White won, you know, the, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship just a few days ago at New Beginning, but I was just like, 
it's such it's so crazy how there's just such a roster or you know guys in that category where Jay White for me was like I think in the bottom five. Where in reality now it's like how is he not number one? Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely setting the right way, and there's still people that are skeptical, and I get it. But I think what people got to realize is how are they skeptical though? He proves it just by walking to the ring by people booing the hell out of him. How are they skeptical on him still? I. I think it's because him and Tanahashi just don't have that great a chemistry. Like if, if you were to, if you were to ask me what I rated that match, I'd probably say three and a quarter, three and a half. It wasn't the greatest match, okay. but it was, it, I don't think it was designed to be that way. And the same thing with no. their match at, at Wrestle Kingdom last year. You know, it just, I get it. It didn't feel right. But for everybody who's skeptical because they, they don't like the matches with Tanahashi, you got to look at the incredible matches with David Finley. He had two of them last year. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. You got to look at his match with Adam. By the way, his favorite match so far in New Japan. Well, it was before you know the Tanahashi or whatnot. But uh, I listened to that talk as Jericho with him the day after Wrestle Kingdom, and he said that is still his favorite match for obvious reasons. But it was a match where I was like, oh shit, or oh David Finley can go. Yeah, and he, I mean, look at look at obviously his match with with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom might be match of the year right now. His his stuff with Omega was great. His stuff with Juice Thank Robinson was great. Saying. So it's like it's it's one of those things where okay, so he didn't gel perfectly with Tanahashi because that's Tanahashi's just that style. But I mean, he he went out and did it immediately at the end of the month with with Kenny Omega. Just later, I mean, he he was part of the reason I think Juice Robinson got on the map. This year, so mm-hmm. I'm skeptical. Jay White is holding his due diligence now. Do I think so it's, it's going like to be a Bret long time? Anybody before he left to WWE, essentially, like the year before he left. So like <laughs> Tanahashi's hard, and then he's working the up and comers. You know, the people that were kind of you know build the WWE. You know, F at that time in the Attitude Era to skyrocket. You know, that company where Tanahashi, yeah, he's the ace. Where Bret Hart thought he was the ace, which Funny enough, we just got into a whole Bret Hart conversation here um, at the engagement party a few moments ago. Um, but, yeah, it's, I thought it was actually a damn good match for the purpose of getting Jay White and putting him in that position. And yeah. if you notice, the Row 2 shows and the other two new beginning shows, Tanahashi, they were working him down. And so that's why yeah. I thought it was really, really good, where it played into that story, into that main event. And and that's a hundred percent, hundred percent on board with that. It's the the psychology with the match and the story they told was perfect. It's just the in ring wasn't the most knockdown dragout, but also in this kind of a situation, you didn't need that. I didn't I didn't want a five star match from this. If you're gonna put the belt on Jay White and and make Tana the transitional champion, then make him look dominant, and they damn sure did it. And that's good. That's good business. That's what you have to do. And Tanahashi's a perfect example. I love that you mentioned Bret Hart, because unlike Bret, Bret Hart went to went and made Jay White look like that. He would have never made Jay White look like a star. No offense to Bret Hart. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. But Tanahashi went out there and was like, Bob Holly would have put Jay White over more so than Bret Hart would. <laughs> Damn. Bob I think Holly. I wanted all the championships. Give me the belt. I'll beat all their asses. <laughs> The uh, the, so now did you listen to Kenny Omega's interview with Dave Meltzer? I did not know. So he he had talked about that, it, if you will. He had mentioned that New Japan actually was the lowest of the three companies contract wise, um, 
which is part of the reason why they're all off the roster page for the most part. Um, he also had said the tentative plan was he was supposed to go to Madison Square Garden and drop the title to Cotton in MSG. Oh, man. How great would that have been? So they, they were going to do what I was hoping. You, 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 you want to make a splash, you can do that in America. Do you think this still becomes the plan with Is Jay White? Does he go to MSG? Than Okada Tanahashi, do you think? Mm. Well, I, so I guess I guess here's 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 the I'm going to rephrase exactly what I was going to say to you. Does this okay. change? Does this change the thought of Okada winning the New Japan Cup to go to MSG to, to face Omega since that's not happening? You know, does Jay White go to MSG and who does he, who wins the New Japan now New Japan Cup now to face him? Does Okada still win the cup, go to MSG and beat Jay White? I think you do the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay. I think if you give him a good run and, and like I said earlier via text, um, that guy changed my mind. And I think he does better work outside of New Japan, which is crazy because he's phenomenal. God. That's where he gets majority of the exposure or from OTT to of course progress, you know, the, the, you know, the stints with Jimmy Havoc and, and of course, um, uh, Paul Robinson, it's, it's just like, my God, how is this guy? And, and the match he had with lethal, you know, at ring of honor, you know, kind of at yeah. the, in, in the fall of 2018, you're just like, my God, like if, if I, I think it's too soon, but I said that last week about Tanahashi about dropping the title. I think Jay White, this is the era of the switchblade. Maybe you wait for the Okada thing until a Dominion or something, you know, kind of you, you got to give it time and a little bit. And maybe you give someone where a newcomer like Osprey, um, definitely maybe not a Zack Sabre Jr. as much as I like, um, but I think maybe that could be a fun pick because he is so well-renowned kind of with that American audience and he still can do a special attraction Okada match. But I, that's good. Like, well, no, I, I, I'm with you. You know, I think you kind of swayed me because if you do Osprey and Jay White at Madison Square Garden, you've already sold the building out. So the fact that they were going to give away Omega losing the strap to Okada when a building's already sold out showed that they really were trying to make a splash. You could have mm-hmm. Jay White beat Will Osprey in Madison Square Garden. It doesn't hurt Jay White because he's a he's a nope. mid card champion losing to the heavyweight champion. And the crowd would get an awesome match, and they'd be behind Osprey. And even people knowing that he probably isn't going to win, I does mm-hmm. I don't think is is what's necessary. I think it's a showcase. <laughs> you you definitely you're gonna keep. Look, you're going to get the look behind, and and it's a contrast of two different styles. So I think that's the nice aspect. And and what they do with Osprey in that in, in the New Japan Cup, like they did with Zack Saber last year. Where I mean, they can build him, and and he says it with every interview, like the match before Walter at OTT just a few months ago. Like I believed it. I was like, I am hyped for this, even though I watched this like a month and a half ago. I'm hyped to watch this again because I didn't watch the pre-match stuff, and I was okay. like, oh, this guy, this is a stud. This is a guy yeah. that gets it, that can transcend any you know, culture of wrestling fans where he is it. He, he's your aerial. He's your strong style. He can, you know, and, and he can, he's a striker. So, I mean, that's mm. the beautiful thing about Osprey. And, and again, him and, and, and Jay White, I think would be so damn interesting, yeah. different, but I, I don't think the fans would be disappointed. I mean, let's no. get uh, newly engaged, uh, 
you know, correspondent of WrestleCast Radio, Dave Ritter here. Um, what do you think of a possibility? Obviously, with Jay White winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship from Tanahashi at New Beginning, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, what, I mean, he, you know, Ryan's been popular, Okada winning the New Japan Cup and challenging him at MSU, which you will be there, you lucky bastard. True. But I was thinking, why not? I mean, they're, they're going to build Osprey up. This is his year. Why not have Osprey win the Cup and you have a Jay White, Will Osprey, IWGP Heavyweight Championship at the Garden? Then you could still do for the purists and for the newbies, Tanahashi Okada, just because it's going to be awesome. I mean, or, or do you think they'll go on a whole other route? I think a match like a match like Jay White and Osprey absolutely can deliver if they're trying to elevate someone like Osprey and push him up to that level. We've seen him get better and better, bigger and bigger, ask for more and more challenges to step his game up. What bigger challenge than the IWGP Heavyweight Champion? They could go that route. They could go and have Okada, the man he defeated at Wrestle Kingdom, fight back for yeah. the title, work his way back up. You could have so many different options when it comes to that MSG show. Who are they going to have challenge the champion? Could it be Marty Skrull? Could it be Okada? Could it be someone like Willow Spray and give the fans a match with wild athleticism? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, as long as it's not bad luck folly, which, by the way... <laughs> By the way, I still hey, love was, that segment with, with Folly and, um, and, and J.Y. battling. Uh, Folly and Omega. Uh, Folly, and Okada. Folly and Okada was awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. Be getting, what is it? That, that match, that was the best match I've seen Folly have in two years. Yeah. I would say, especially in the, in, in the last two years, I want to say their match, I forgot what it was. It was probably like an April show that they had when it was Okada Folly. Um, where I was like, oh, I get Fale now. But, yeah, that was a, a damn good match. Fale you know, just seems like, you know, the weight is kind of lifted off of his shoulders, if you will, and he has a little bit more freedom to kind of be who he truly is. I mean, look at his T-shirts, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, pay, pay me. Like, he really cares. <laughs> pay me. You know, but, I mean, what, what other challenges really could they be? I mean, do you do a Tanahashi rematch? I mean, like you said, you gave it about three and three quarters. You know, I, I haven't checked Grapple yet, uh, which you can find me at Funkmasterplex, and then you can check out Ryan at WrestleCast um, on, on the Grapple, G-R-A-P-P-L. Uh, download it. You can rate every match from, you know, WWE, New Japan, Progress, et cetera, et cetera. Check it out. Download it, Android, and, of course, uh, the Apple Store. But, I mean, I, I think he's the guy that they're trying to push unless they want to do an Abushi osprey rematch, which, of course, Abushi kind of broke all of our hearts and, 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 you know, said at New Beginning that he will be, uh, you know, exclusively, I think, with them. Um, and, he said and he signed a two-year contract. contract. Yeah. yeah a two-year deal. We don't, no one knows the, the, the whole ins and outs. But who's this, you know, they announced that he's going to come back at the New Japan Cup. Who's to say he doesn't win the Cup and we get Jay White, Kota Abushi at, at MSG? My God. Oh. You definitely, I, I think I I think you're honestly right. You do, I think a Jay White Will Osprey is a good way to do it, and you do what I've been clamoring for for the last three years is is Okada Tanahashi in America, and you could even give it some implication where the winner gets the the winner gets the title shot at Dominion, and that's how you build to Okada Jay White at Dominion. 
And then you Agreed. can still get the belt back on Okada. And then that way mm-hmm. Okada can go on to Wrestle Kingdom. It's on a Saturday. You get Naito to win the, the G1, and then you have Naito get his win back and start his run finally. I, I, I don't think Jay White's going to hold it till Wrestle Kingdom next year. I don't think he's going 11 months as champ. I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe the whole thing is to – if Omega was going to drop it to Okada, the only reason I'm thinking is because they want Okada to, jo- to drop it to Naito to get the win back finally. If they so I think Jay White successfully as they have in 2018, can Jay White potentially somehow main event a Tokyo Dome show and, and it would be deemed successful by New Japan? Again, he's the only guy that legitimately gets booed. Minoru Suzuki gets cheered. You know, Zack Sabre Jr., they get you. Suzuki Goon essentially gets cheered. Oh, Jay, which started kind of as heelish. You know, they get cheered. You know, it's, it's the anti-heroes, if you will. Where Jay White is legit heat. So why not? You know, again, he can drop the title. He can obviously always win it back. But do you think he has the clout and the resume, which I would say yes. I mean, look who, who he's beaten, for God's sakes, in the last year. Um, to actually, you know, headline and sell tickets for the Dome. A hundred percent think it's, a, it's, it's very plausible. I think we we got to look at the the one the one guiding light that New Japan always uses is does he draw? We have to see the numbers of the houses of him as the champion. Now this this MSG show is his first title defense, so he you know he won't even have a defense under his belt, which isn't the most fair assessment if you're having him drop it. But I think it's. Look, Gato would have never put himself with him. The same, this, this exact same thing I said last week, seven years ago, Kazuchika Okada makes his return, wins at Wrestle Kingdom, calls out Tanahashi, gets laughed at by the crowd after Wrestle Kingdom, aligns himself with okay. Gato, and wins the title at New Beginning, and that's where it starts. Seven years later, yeah. G. White beats that same man, Kazuchika Okada, at Wrestle Kingdom. He's aligned himself with Gato, and he wins the title from the same Tanahashi at the New Beginning. So, obviously, they're going to do something, I, I would hope. I would, you know, why would... Gato's not going to put the clout behind somebody if he's not smart. And let's, let's look back at it. Look, okay. look at the... Look at the exodus from a few years ago that I that I always compare it to. They lose Carl Anderson, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, we just had another exodus, and they already mm-hmm. got the they already got the main event of Kenny Omega replaced in what three weeks for a month. <laughs> they already replaced it. That's, <laughs> this company is prepared for this every single time. Take that, Ringana. We also have special correspondent, uh, Mr. Matthew Pickett here, uh, WrestleCast uh, radio listener and fan, um, who's also will be at the uh, New Japan uh, G1 special um, kind of out in MSG here. We were kind of talking about here, um, you know, kind of what, where they're going to go. Obviously, Jay White went in the IWGP heavyweight title from Tanahashi a few days ago, you know, with the New Japan Cup. Like, I kind of think, why not build Osprey? They've been building him. Yes, he's the never-open heavyweight champion, but, you know, it doesn't have to be title versus title per se. But do you think possibly letting him run the cup, getting that challenge shot against Jay White at MSG? Or do you think, you know, Ryan's like, hey, maybe Okada. This is his time. He gets to rematch, Russell Kingdom rematch here. Or do you think there's another option, like a Kota Ibushi, you know, if he's clear by then, to make a run at the cup? 
I mean, at this point, it's, there's tons of options. I mean, you can go any which way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know which way they're going because I woke up, it was like, I think it was Monday morning, I woke up, and everyone was talking about Jay White won. <laughs> and everyone was like, well, what do you mean Jay White won? Like, it was at, like a nothing show. And, you know, it's a big show, but it wasn't like a, a, one of the top four, you know, main event show. But mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, it's real surprised how quickly Tanahashi kind of, you know, yeah, drops the title. Because obviously that was probably meant for Kenny Omega. Yeah. To, you know, retain and then drop the belt to Jay White like he did the uh, the U.S. championship. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's the, the change happens so fast to where you're like, okay, so they're definitely going with Jay White. So is is there going to be a rematch at Madison Square Garden or is there going to be – What would you prefer to see? Well, what I would prefer to see, like, really going into it, I thought it was like a big. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk. we got to do that show. Know, girl. <laughs> Which are on the radio right now. Radio, Yellow Waffles. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese wrestling. Japanese wrestling. Japanese wrestling. You know, I like it. Japanese Except wrestling. Except sumo wrestling is very overrated. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. But no, like, so the whole thing with me is like, okay, okay so Tanahashi was the champ. They gave him the belt, and you're like, okay, is he going to be the champ going to G1? It's kind of like WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Whoever the champ is, you are pencil him in to be in for the big event. But they switched to Jay White, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And I talked to a lot of people that think it's too soon to have Jay White, but I mean, you got to make him. It has to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Roman. It's got to happen at some point. So. No, God, no. Uh, anyone but you. Anyone but you, Roman. Yeah, that's all I'm to do. But really, the, the what I thought going into the G1 for me, and I was talking to a lot of people, what I thought was going to be the main event, and was I assume was they were on the poster was Okada versus Skrull Part Two. Ah. Because they've been they've been the only ones that've been um, uh, publicized and promoted on the on the posters and everything. Because mm-hmm. it was so far out. But, yeah, yeah. So if Jay White's the champion, does Okada fight him? Does Skrull fight him? And we still don't know what the actual card is. Which is true. Yeah, so, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely learn some stuff from uh, from the New Japan Cup here. So. And another thing too for me is is it just going to be the Ring of Honor champion versus the IWGP champion? How are they going to? How is the show going to get booked? Yeah. Is well, the winner of the New Japan Cup gets the title shot. What's that? That's, that's, that's the kicker. Is we, we all got to realize that whoever wins the New Japan Cup gets the title shot. They've already said Jay White's yeah, first defense is at the ROH G1 New Japan show. So it's just a matter of who's know winning the tournament. Do how many entrants are going to be in it this year? It'll, it'll probably be eight, like like normal, maybe 16, but I'm assuming eight. The only one that's confirmed is Kota Ibushi because he announced that he's going to be in it. At a uh, new beginning. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, like, like with New Japan, even AIDS, all these promotions right now, it's, I like it because a lot of changes going on. People go, uh, going from different company to company. But for even for like WrestleMania, we really don't know that many matches. I mean, that's a lot of the big thing is it's still like two months out. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot that can go on between now and and that time at uh, G1. So the funny thing is, it's probably uh, Gato booked his stuff uh, right after Jay White probably came back <laughs> from uh, being a young lion. <laughs> Good old Gato, man. The smartest man in wrestling. Look, we already know WrestleMania is going to have four McMahons, so they already got half the card done. 
Are company. we pissed, by the way, that they're doing the injury angle yet again at a house show with Becky Lynch? Yeah, the, because the, they're, they're putting Charlotte yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, match. Yeah, the house show there. Like, yeah, uh, but that, that's we'll, we'll talk about that later when we get into the uh, the chamber there. But, um, I mean, New Beginning, Ryan, I, I would say was, for, for the four matches that I saw, um, pretty damn good. I, I mean, obviously, one that you hyped me on, was of course the tag match earlier in the show, which we'll get to. Like you said, we're starting from the from the end to the beginning here. But um, uh, like you said, Fale and Okada, best match that Fale's ever had. Uh, I don't know if I go ever. I think their their uh, title match at one of the anniversary shows, maybe it was in 2017. I can't remember. It was one of those matches though. Uh, two years ago, it was really good, but. Um, I mean, this was awesome. I mean, he, Okada hit him with a with an avalanche brainbuster from the top rope. I mean, when have you ever seen Folly go up there? Um, and Folly, he was taking bumps like he took a lot of bumps. Um, you know, minus the grenade, his offense looked good. He was he looked like he was hurting Okada. It wasn't soft. Uh, like he was violent and, and Okada was making him work and he was hanging with them. I mean, it was, it was a 50, 50 match. There wasn't a lot of interference, a decisive finish with the rainmaker. Fale yeah. put him over clean, which is, you know, I'm sure that was once again, the booking because they needed Okada to look strong. If they truly were having Okada defeat Omega at the, the, the garden. So they're staying with it, and I think it's smart because now you can keep Okada relevant, and you got multiple options for that for that New Japan Cup in March. Sorry, all I hear is Bruce Springsteen, but yeah, I I, I agree with you with the fifty fifty on that. Um, and and like I said, I you know my feelings on 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 Fale, but once I saw you know kind of that tag match that they had you know, on the Road Two show, I was just like that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. I mean, when he when he's motivated, and he wants to work. He can work, and you know, I understand sometimes you're in a lot of these multi-mans and you just don't care, and it is what it is. He's he's a big guy, and he's not there to be asked to do a lot. He's not there to be asked to put on Will Osprey like matches. He's a bridge gap to a to his wrestling school over overseas. I mean, he's he's a nice cultural gap. That's got. I mean, that's that's what he got Jay White in there. You know, you could say. He's the one who humbled Jay White as a young lion oh, and, and and made and him. Yeah, so it's it's there's a lot of valuable things for Bad Luck Fale why he's there. It's just you know it shows that when he when he wants to have a great match or needs to or is motivated to you know like hey I'm working Okada yeah I'm gonna have a good match he can do it and that's why you know I as much as I kind of was going against my feeling that I said a few months ago. Fale is one of the best big men in wrestling that I've seen it when he wants to work. He he can do it. I mean, he really can do it. Um, so that was, I mean, you know, it was a solid match, four-star match. You know, it was, it was Okada being Okada, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And well, you get that four-star, so you would rewatch that match is what you're saying. That was a fun match. It was a really fun match. I, I mean, a lot of memorable spots. I mean, they worked. They worked well. Very interesting. I'm, now I want to rewatch that match. Because, again, I did thoroughly enjoy it. I, I thought for a, a folly match, it was like, okay, I, I did this. And, and, again, kind of going back before before I was like, that was cool. Is because, again, folly, you know, him and Okada have worked, you know, together 
you know, over the years. So obviously the chemistry will be there, but kind of see to him kind of manhandle Okada, you know, kind of that during that match for, for that team to, to win, for Bullet Club to win there, and, and him powerbombing and, you know, slamming and, and doing all that to Okada. It made me look forward to that. And, and I was very happy that they finally put on a match there um, where it was, it was enjoyable, where, you know, in the beginning I would probably moan and be like, oh, not again, this? <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a damn good show. And, and speaking of people where I'm like, oh, not this again, I mean, Raisuke Taguchi, I mean, ass and all, I, I loved how Bone Soldier with the baller, uh, baller new uh, headgear, by the way. Um, oh, that's kind of, kind of, you know, changed the game. I, I loved how he was doing the Taguchi taunts in the beginning. Oh, and I was so, in, 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 <laughs> so, in the adventures, I, I was like, let's go. I was like, this is really, really cool. And, and this was a way more enjoyable match. I loved how they gave them time, whether to taunt or actually wrestle or use an ass as a move. Um, but I, I would say this was more of a four-star match for an acquire for, for me. Oh, yeah, I would four and a quarter. Easy four and a quarter. I was, so let, let, me, let me break this down for all of our listeners that don't know. And what, what Alex was implying is, is actually much deeper than people think here. Um, Takuchi came out wearing green overalls and he had that wireless mic. Um, he was mocking Taiji Shimori when he was in Toromon before Toromon became Dragon Gate. So ten or ten, twelve years ago, however long ago. So this was like young boy Ishimori, um, and he was in the <laughs> sailor. He was in the Sailor Boys, and okay. that was their gimmick, Toramon. So uh, Ishimori goes outside, or he gets gets dumped on the floor, and Funky Funky Weapon uh, Taguchi starts doing that dance where he's you know. He's he's pointing and stretching his arms out and pumping and stretching and doing like the arm things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> the Sailor Boys uh, keep on journey dance is what they called it. Uh, Ishimori gets in the ring, knocks down Taguchi, dumps him out of the ring, does the dance obviously ten times better because that was his dance, and then he just <laughs> points at him, "What do you want to do about it?" And the crowd yeah. in Osaka nuts. And I, mm-hmm. I mean. They just paid homage to a different company before that company even became the company they're in now. Uh, this match is going to rock. And they didn't let yeah. me down the rest of the way. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Um, as, as I was trying to explain to, um, as I was watching the match the other day to uh, my significant other, um, I, I was like, well, Bone Soldier's coming. I was like, oh, his, his headgear is awesome. And it's like, what's a bone soldier? I was like, man, if you would have mentioned that word to Ryan two years ago, he would have flipped the table over. He would have thrown stuff through the windows. Like, don't mention that name. And I, I kind of had to explain, you know, the Ishimori. And, and in my opinion, where I'm like, he's kind of like the Japanese AJ Styles, where they're, they're kind of, you know, a small stature, but they're just stacked. You know, and, and they can work pretty much almost any style of wrestling you know, when it's needed, you know, kind of depending on their opponent. And, and again, just that, that just goes great to, to Ishimori's, you know, talent that, you know, he, he played the funny, you know, that, that is um, Taguchi, but that, that last stretch, man, that last six minutes, I'm, you know, on my, my mom's couch as I'm, you know, watching her after knee surgery, 
like about to flip the table, but in a good way. Like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Keep this going, fight forever. And and I mean, the way Taguchi kept getting into the oh my Garfunkel was was insane. Every time Ishimori's moving out, he's got the ankle and he's twisting. Um, he got he got a good near fall with the Dadan. Um, and you yes. could you could definitely tell that Taguchi was bigger, and they were using that in a good way. And I think that's what I really appreciated, not only the, the homage to the Sailor Boys thing, but to, with, with Taguchi laughing at Ishimori because he's bigger than him. And then Ishimori, like, nope, I'm better than that. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, you know, Taguchi goes for a second to Don, but uh, uh, he, Ishimori counters it with a bloody cross. Um Ends the match with it too. Um, I mean, it was kind of abrupt, but it's one of the, again one of those things that I don't hate. Um, they kept Taguchi's comedy low. They did it, like Agreed. I said, right at the beginning, Agreed. and they did it in a way where he was picking on Ishimori. Ishimori is, you know, tremendous in everything he does. Uh, maybe a little longer, I could have went higher, but I don't think giving something four and a quarter is a bad thing whatsoever when it's you know, kind of just the first defense since, since the kingdom. And then my mm-hmm. favorite part was Taiji Shimori goes out and challenges Jushin Liger. Yeah. Um, yeah. How so fun now, were you? And in the last <laughs> show, I was like, who are they going to get? Liger? And you're like, no, he's done wrestling. And then just yeah, he's done with he's the, done, bring him back in. Well, and the way they did it was perfect. Cause it was almost like they kind of heard the way you, or what you said and countered it. Cause we were talking right. about the Super Junior Tournament, which I said he's not doing those anymore. So then they, it's almost like they countered and said, well, then we'll just have him wrestle him at the next show instead of the tournament. And I was like, oh, that's all right. Let's go. I didn't see that coming, which makes me hope <laughs> that, you know, maybe we get a Tiger Mask program like we kind of talked about, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, those and, three guys you just mentioned, Tiger Mask, Liger, and, and Taguchi, you know, they, they all have, you know, their, their different sides of wrestling. But from that new Japan or the or the junior um, tournament last year, where Taguchi was serious ninety percent of the matches, and it changed my perspective on him. Liger was looking good; he was, you know, resilient. He was putting on great matches. Tiger Mask getting wins, you know, along with Liger and Taguchi, we were like, wait, what? You know, kind of me scratching my head, and then just thinking, oh well, no, these guys are legends. They're gonna put in work, you know, especially if it's their quote unquote last one. Um, and and I would I, I welcome a tiger mask. I don't know if that's going to be at the anniversary show or whatnot, but I, I pencil me in. Um, but first, let's get to Liger and and, and Ishimori. And here's the, here's the thing I like what they're doing, and I'm, I'm kind of thinking this is why we should be able to get the uh, the actual uh, the match with Tiger Mask is Ishimori beat the gatekeeper that is Kushida at. Um, uh, you know, at, uh, what, what am I trying to uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And so he, he, he beats the gatekeeper. Then he, then he goes and he beats Taguchi, another vet. Now he's going to call out Liger, another veteran. Yeah. He goes on to Tiger Mask, and then he can kind of give it the whole, you know, this is one of those things where once again, where we always, you know, I, I'm going to beat everybody. I'm the best one there is, blah, 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 blah. And then that's when you could finally bring back, if he's ready, Hiromu Takahashi to set up for... Uh, oh, he's only, for what, 996% ready? 
94.3% ready, he said. Because he has to get to 1,000%. <laughs> to 100. He's 94. Funny, when I saw that online late last night, I liked it. I was like, well, sure, because I knew you were doing the live tweeting of uh, the DDT show last night, which, again, you could find us at WrestleCast underscore SSM. Um, and I found out this morning, I went on there, you know, I know you told me not to, to look, but I went, I was like, oh, he already shared the Takahashi thing, which obviously, because you are, you know, a Hiromu Mark, which is a good thing, um, as we all are, I should say. Um, but no, I, I thought that was a great, um, uh, great point in a, a, a new direction um, for the juniors. Because again, they're bringing all these legends in. I was going to throw you, are they going to try to get in squirrels? to get into a match before, you know, wherever his, you know, when his contract's up in April, wherever he goes, what do you do with that? But I totally dig if, if Hiromo is ready, again, as Demtris would say, let's go. Hey, if you want to use Ishimori, you could do it at MSG. You can, because I think, yeah, I don't usually the anniversary show. That's usually at around April, right? The or March. anniversary show is no, March, March 6th, March 6th. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's so, the three so six that's the Liger match. So yep, you can do the Liger match. Uh, yep. And then that's also the uh the Shingo and Bushi against Sho and Yo are the two so far on that card. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I saw that and I was like, two matches, what? Well you and let's so so okay, let's let's do it this way. Let's look at it this way. You could do you could have Tiger Mask come out after the Liger mask and make the challenge, right? Do that at Sakura Genesis because you still got to do Sakura Genesis or you still have to do wrestling Duntaku unless that's when they're going to have the finals of the, the tournament again, which I thought they did last year, but I could be wrong. And then you could do Skrull and Ishimori at MSG because I think Skrull's under contract until like the week after MSG or something. So he's still going to be there. So you 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 could you could give Ishimori Marty Skrull, you could give him Tiger Mask, and then you could have him go into that best of the Super Junior tournament and have him run the table until the end and have him lose to her own. Yeah. No, that could definitely work. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of options that suddenly approach themselves that we didn't have when we kind of thought about it last week because this opens a whole different door if he's gonna start doing this legends table run. So that's that's really yeah, exciting. The so good. Uh, <laughs> Gorillas of Destiny defeated Togi Makabe and Toru Yana, the MB are the most violent players. Uh, this was the the first main match after the uh, Road to New Beginning show on the ninth, where uh, Tamatanga snapped out of his good guy gimmick. I don't know if you watched any of the the other mm-hmm. new new Beginning stuff with, with you know, but uh, he's. he's Bad boy, he's became the good guy, and he's, you know, he's he's got yeah, like Yano, bad. and he's, yeah, he's I yeah, don't want to yeah. do it, but he's gonna cheat, so I mean, I gotta do it. Too. I don't want to hurt him, and he's doing this weird good guy thing, and he finally snapped out of it. They immediately jumped Makabe and Yano. Did you uh, did you catch this match? This was uh, unfortunately the uh, a match I did not catch. How, how uh, one, was it? Because I'm intrigued. There was one I, I'm definitely going to go back on because I, I'm a little on the GOD bandwagon, you know, kind of coming off that, that um, you know, kind of that the post-tag layer, as you could say. Um, but, um, you know, kind of to, to see Makabe and, and Yano, because I, I get, you know, I, I didn't watch those kind of matches, the road twos and whatnot. 
um, to New Beginning or even the New Beginning shows when they were teaming up. And I know you mentioned their, their formations, you know, years ago. But, um, yeah, this, this is definitely on, on the list there. Is Yanu, which, which Yanu do we get? Do we get That's wrestler it. Yanu or is this still crazy Yanu? It's still crazy, Yano, but it, it's, I mean, you got Makabe in there going nuts, so it kind of is fun, but I, I mean, it's it's definitely, I think they're trying to build Grills of Destiny up to get a title match, uh, rematch with, uh, with LIJ, is my assumption, because they don't have a lot of tag teams, but there was a, there's a good spot where uh, Tamatanga grabs this woman, she has this giant red purse, and he starts beating the hell out of Toru Yano with this woman's purse. And she's looking so he takes the purse, opens it, dumps everything on the ground, and then throws the purse. Yeah, what's also crazy is, I mean, we, we rag on the tag divisions and the other companies. But Did really, you catch I mean, besides, that I told you? What's that? Did you catch that spot I just told you? What spot? Sorry. So, so Tabatanga's got, he grabs this woman's giant purse and starts beating the hell out of Toro Yama. Um, yeah. middle, middle of him, he's done doing that. He looks at the woman and he dumps everything out of the purse on the ground. Really? Do you think it was, she was a plant? I think not. she was a white who um, <laughs> doesn't go on social media, but for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good match. It was. They they got they got girls of destiny, you know, got them got them up and going. So that was fun. Um, okay. uh, Yujiro and Chase Owens beat Tomaki Hanma and Yoshihashi. What it wasn't anything special. Um, I don't know. Kind of told me Chase... your thoughts on Hanma, by the way. Um, you kind of had a um, an evaluation, I guess, or an analysis on how, you know, Hanma has, you know, is looking and, you know, kind of what his future will be with uh, New Japan. Yeah, he's, and he's, I mean, he doesn't look, he looks okay. Um, but it's just, there's a reason he's in these, he's preliminary type matches. Now he's taken with Yoshihashi. It doesn't even make sense. It's, it's more of this great bash heel chaos kind of together. Who knows what's going on with it? Um, Chase Owens wins with the package pile driver, get him, getting him a victory. Um, but it wasn't like it, it, nothing blew my mind. It wasn't anything. I mean, Yoshihashi was the hot tag, and oh, you know, oh bro, I so, will never watch this match. Then somebody somebody said to us, uh, "If you close your eyes and visualize what the match should look like, that's exactly what you got." And I thought that's a perfect way to do it. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Shout out to Ryan Glass. Shout out to Glassbell for that one. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what it was. Um, Naito, Shingo, and Bushi defeated Taichi, Desperado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. It, was a, it, was, it wasn't too long. It was kind of short. But um, Pumping Bomber. From was Taichi's entrance longer than this match? So, his, you know, his entrance from night two of New Beginning um, out in Sapporo, was that, was that longer than this match, do you think? Uh, probably hand in hand. Taichi did cut off Naito's entrance with a microphone to the eye. That was pretty brutal. Um, But uh, I mean, pumping bomber from Shingo on Kanemaru, Destino Destino for from Naito. Um, 
ends that tag feud, I'm guessing, between the, the juniors. Probably ends the the night on Taichi thing, too. Um, okay. I don't know. They had a little post-match face-off, but it, I really hope it's not more. Uh, Rapungi then came out. Um, stopped Bushi and Shingo on the ramp, gave them a little bit of a beatdown, took their titles back to the ring, and then issued a challenge. And it it kind of came off Rapunk being, being kind of heels. Um, the cocky yeah, boy. Really yeah, it's it's your cocky Rapungi boys against the anti, the cool the cool LIJ guys is, is kind of a new trend and a new way to go about it, and I liked it. So I thought, I thought that was kind of fun with it. It's different, yeah. Uh, did you watch Evil and Sonata against Shota Yamino and Ayato Yoshida? I did, sir. I did a few times, actually, because, yes, this was a fantastic match. Yes, I will be going back to watch some of those Lion Gates projects because, my God, even they make, you know, these the small package roll-ups look pretty damn cool. But, no, kudos to Sonata and Evil. Obviously, they've been in those positions, but they made those, they made them look awesome. I was just like, hey, I couldn't tell you who was who. You know, their hair was getting longer, so I was like, wait, which one's Amina? Which one? But besides that, <laughs> it was a damn enjoyable match. Um, I, I had a lot of fun. I could tell Evil and Sonata were having fun um, in that ring. Always, always remember that Ayato Yoshida is the one who doesn't look like a normal young lion because he's technically <laughs> an anti-dojo guy. So that's why he's, he's got... Black, but he's got the little hand things and stuff like that too, and you know uh, it, it was nice too because you wrote to the beginning, uh, wrote a new beginning night eight. It was the show on the ninth. Um, Ayato Yoshido and Shota Amino got a victory over Yoda Suji and Hiroshi Tenzan, so a, an actual old old legend style. Um, Suji obviously took the pin, but uh, yeah, Yoshida and Umino got a victory together, which was very surprising that they had a pair of young lions get a win like that. So, yeah. who knows to them for get, putting them over? Um, and they were riding high. They were fighting. They were fighting, man. It was a really fun match, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonata yeah, had no, a huge... I, I thoroughly enjoyed it again. It's, it's, it's a glimmer into the future. It's the NXT Performance Center without the deadlifts. It's, you know, I, when I was watching, I was like, I don't know. Dude. I don't want to not see these guys for two years. But then I was like, wait, but they're going to be in a whole different environment. Like you were saying, you know, you know, pretty much throughout the entirety of WrestleCast Radio, on how, you know, New Japan handles their young lions or young boys, if you're, you know, Jay White there, um, it's, you know, just the progression, the growth, and how I linked it to how NCAA basketball used to be for me, where I could watch these players grow and say, hey, maybe in three years they'll, you know, jump up or, you know, hopefully in four, where they learn it and not just automatically, you know, do, you know, a, a, a clean or a deadlift, and it's like, all right, you're good. Go in, go in the ring now. It's, it's damn enjoyable. It, again, it made me excited where I'm like, I need to go watch the, those Lion Gate Project shows from, from uh, 2018. And there was a couple times Shoto Aminu got a couple flash pins on Sonata and right before the Magic Killer. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. is, is he going to pin him? Oh, yeah. Like, is, it, is that going to happen? Um, it wasn't flash, which was the important thing. 
They got their ish in, which, you know, are small packages and some, you know, late submission moves. But, yeah, when he had that, it was I don't know if it was like a Falcon Arrow he was going to try to do on, on Sonata. But when, yeah, he, he kind of got that, and then Sonata was just like, no, we're, we're going to end this right now. It, it, it Again, it, it gave me a glimmer. I knew there was a 1,000% chance they were not going to win, but it made me for a second think, okay, they're at least not making them look like a WWE tag team. <laughs> um, and then in the opener, 10 Koji and Jushin Thunder Liger defeated the Suzuki-Gun members, Minoru Suzuki, Takashi Azuka, and Takamichi Noku. Um, nice two, two-and-a-half-star match. Nothing crazy. It was a DQ. Um this is kind of leading up to Azuka's retirement because Azuka's retiring, okay. I think, on the 21st. But, you know, okay. obviously they played up more of the uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan is trying to bring Azuka back from, from insanity because they used to be partners. Okay. And, you know, it kind of worked a little bit. And then they started fighting and, you know, things are going where they were going. And uh, and then, and then you know, they, they started – and the reason I kind of went, you know, like I said, two and a half could be an option is um, – Tenzan, so like Suzuki's in the ring, uh, he's fighting with Kojima. Kojima hits a Koji cutter. Tenzan tries to clear the, tries to clear Azuka's mind from showing him a shirt of their past team where they're together while Azuka's laying on the ground. And he's, I don't even know where he got the shirt, but it was kind of a cool little touch. Um, and then Suzuki comes up on the chair to go behind her, uh, Tenzan, and Azuka stops and rips the chair out of Suzuki's hands. Tenzan smile and the crowd pops. And then, uh, and then he just decides to hit Tenz out of the face with the chair, and he gets DQ'd. So it's like for a split second, Azuka was back to normal, and then he's like, "No, I don't like you, Tenz on." And so it's kind of a cool little, you know, opening match, little ode to throwback on a spot. So I, I gave him props for what, for going out and doing that at least. Gave nice, it some nice. meaning, and it, gave, it was worth watching for me because of that. Oh man, I mean. Uh, from what I saw, the four matches, you know, it seemed like a good transition, you know, kind of your, I guess not your road lane per se, or your elimination chamber series, but it, it, I, I thought, you know, A, it's progressing, obviously, the, the heavyweight title, um, you know, like you said, new challenges for, you know, the junior, you know, championship, hell, even the tag belts, and, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see what LIJ does kind of going forward. Um, Alex, I know you are kind of getting pressed for time here. We're about to hit into hour number two. We got, you know, if we got 10, about 10, 15 minutes left with you. What, what do you want to talk about in your short time that you got still? Like, what, what do you, what do you want to go into? What do you want to rant about or discuss before, before, um, I, 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 I marry how uh, bad I feel where last week I was like, yeah, Elimination Chamber. It's going to be a pretty good show because I thought there were way more matches. What are there, like five matches on here? And I looked, I was like, oh, God. what?" Because I was obviously thinking about Elimination Chamber 2010. Um, but uh, obviously Kofi Kingston having a hell of a week, a lot of push Kofi, give Kofi the title uh, hashtags kind of coming along after that, that great gauntlet um, from Tuesday Night uh, Smackdown here. Not sure if you caught that, you know, since you came back from uh, climbing no. over that wall from Mexico. Um, but uh, <laughs> definitely a good uh, – I'm Hispanic, folks, I can say that. But anyways, um, I guess. Anyway. Um, but, no, I, I thought that was an awesome showcase. You know, Kofi, you know, it's, it'll be interesting. I still think someone should edge Kofi Kingston a la the 2009 Elimination Chamber 
um, just to kind of kill that momentum because, A, that's what WWE does, and, B, let's be real, they're not going to give them the title. As much as Kofi and Daniel Bryan, I guess, on paper sounds good, let's be real. That's a SmackDown or, or a, uh, a fast uh, – a fast lane match or a fast block match there. So, I mean, it's for that reasoning alone, unfortunately, I, I don't think that's a main event. I still don't know how they're going to go with the, uh, the, you know, the, um, the, the hemp championship over on the blue brand. Um, but so many interesting things kind of coming out of the WWE this week, obviously outside of the ring, if you will, you know, the, the, uh, the Uso arrest along with Naomi, um, you know, of course, you know, they, they had some interesting stuff with one of their uh, announcers, which we don't have to get into that aspect, but it was interesting where I didn't really hear of this, but if you want to kind of touch on the Uso-Naomi thing and the, the rumor and innuendo kind of surrounding that. Yeah, r- rumor is that apparently they are trying to get fired, and this was just one of those instances where they took a bad thing and made it worse. I guess you could say to try to hammer home their point. Here's here's where I'm gonna get crazy. I'm gonna get weird on you, Alex. I'm gonna get really weird on oh, you. Nice. What happens tonight if not only the Usos win the tag titles, but Naomi and Carmella, who are randomly a team together, win the tag titles? <laughs> it's funny if those two are the tag team tonight, which obviously. <laughs> no, I, I've been thinking about that all day. Like, wouldn't that be punishment enough, which is the ironic factor of it all, that they put championship gold on them, even though, again, you know, Carmella's a totally different situation. Check the dirt sheets, guys, um, if you haven't already. But the Uso thing is phenomenal because, you know, like you said, they are probably the most decorated tag team in the history the WWF, WWF and the WWE were, yeah, they had put on fantastic matches over the last nine, ten years. And again, punishment, they don't want to lose them. Here's the gold. Yeah. Now, like Look I that. said, hashtag FTR, yeah. where I think a funny thing, because like, you know, like we say, WWE does not care about the audience. Why not do a thing? Finally, the Revival win the titles on Raw for, what, the 17th time, it seems like, um, over the last couple of months, even though it's been two. But why not do a thing where somehow they, they come in, they cost the Usos the title, they challenge Shane and Miz, which then they get their match at Road Lane or Fast Block, and then that's when they kind of, you know, start splitting. You get your Miz-Shane Mania match, and then you get the revival again, all fan service from the east side. You get the revival being dual champion or whatever. It doesn't matter because it's the WWE. You have them proclaim, "We are the greatest actor. We've been held. Look what we've done. This and that." And then somehow at WrestleMania in New York in April, someone's going to pull out a seven-year-old kid, and then they will somehow be revival. <laughs> And then that is how the Revival's 2019 will start and finish. But I have no <laughs> idea what they're going to do. Like I said, Punishment will be giving the Usos the title. That's for sure. I, it, look, I mean, it, did, you, did you see that picture I sent to our group chat where it said, if you can play long enough, anything can happen or something like that? And it was the Revival with Triple H as Rod Tank Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, it's it's hilarious. And it's 
It's exactly what it's been. And, you know, I I don't know. I And the crazy thing I, is, is, obviously, they're smart. It could all be storyline for something. It could be building something else. But, again, we've been let down so many times. What I just said, which is preposterous, if you think about it, but in the same line, it also makes sense on how they book. Oh, I have no faith in this company. To, look, this company had the biggest layup they've had in years with Becky Lynch versus Asuka. Or, I mean, Becky Lynch versus uh, Rousey. And <laughs> Vince McMahon comes out on the damn Raw and, you're yeah. out of the match, Charlotte. Screw this company, man. This company yeah. sucks. <laughs> Look, Don't worry. I, she'll, give, she'll give him a stunner or she'll give Steph a stunner in like March 29th and then she'll be added to the match. Which is, so, which is messed up because, again, what's Oscar going to do? Again, what, WrestleMania rematch. That would have been the smartest thing. Then you have two dominant women matches at WrestleMania. You get the one that will main event, the one that has sold over 12,000 tickets thinking people or people thinking that it's going to be Rousey and Lynch. That's the excitement. That's the money match. It's not your universal title. It's not whatever the hell Daniel Bryan is going to do, which I have no idea, but it's just the factor of those titles don't matter. It's the Raw Women's Championship. Be be fair with it. Look at how papered the Royal Rumble was. Everyone clamored about, oh, the Royal Rumble in Citibank Field or wherever in Arizona. Dude, they were giving away two-for-one tickets because they they sold. They sold 25,000 tickets on the premise that John Cena was going to be in the Royal Rumble and Brock Lesnar was going to face Braun Strowman. And then after they sold a ton of tickets, they changed the whole damn card and took them both off. Whoops, card subject to change, I guess. That's bullshit. you Mm -hmm. You can't just do that. And if everybody's buying WrestleMania tickets on the premise of Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey in the main event, when they when they sell enough it's tickets that they're it. happy, that mm-hmm. yep. And once that once they get to that number that they want, they're gonna go. All right, let's just add Charlotte in because eh, who cares? Card subject to change. It's stupid. Yeah. It's annoying, and that's why yeah. this company sucks. It just it bothers yeah, me. <laughs> like AEW now and New Japan and all that. You know they they sell that stuff and they but the fans know okay. We're going to at least get four to five, a four star or higher matches. Yeah, let's be fair. Now, let's be fair. I couldn't tell you with WrestleMania, they're going to have 12 matches and maybe two will be good. You, the, the one thing I'll say is where I don't, don't necessarily agree with it either is New Japan puts these tickets on sale. All in, you know, AEW put the all in tickets on sale and they didn't advertise anything. Fans chose to buy a blank card with the hopes of something good on it. None of those companies had to give you great content because they're not obligated to it because you already bought a ticket. The difference with WWE is they advertised freaking Cena's in the ring saying he's the first entrant in the Rumble and Blonde wins a match that he doesn't even climb a ladder in. (laughs) Shots. No. And that, those are advertised before anything's going on, and then they change it. That's my problem with WWE, is if you don't advertise well, it to sell tickets, fine. That's, that's fine. So then I, I pose this question to you. Would the factor be then, is it more, yeah, he's right out there, is the corporate structure of it all. WWE has, you know, board members. They have people to answer to. They have to make them money. I don't know New Japan. I don't know if they're on the, you know, Japanese stock market or whatnot. Same thing with AEW. You know, obviously they have the cons, money, and whatnot. But, again, I don't know if they have a board of trustees yet 
to kind of maintain that money. So I, I guess, I mean, do you think that could possibly play a factor into all of this, where they can build and say, hey, we just sold these tickets, let give, let's give the fans what they want, where they ease like, hey, we got their money, whatever. The, the WWE is an ethical like company who acts like they're an ethical company. They will, they will sell, Vince McMahon would sell Linda McMahon's soul if he could sell out Jerry Land. Come on, like this, this, like we've seen this before, and it's just, you know, everyone, everyone's killing Meltzer because Meltzer said that the All Elite or the the AEW Double or Nothing ticket is a hotter ticket than the Royal Rumble, and all the WWE sheep are bitching and pissing and moaning, going, they sold forty nine thousand tickets. How is it a hotter ticket? Well, they sold fourteen thousand in twenty five minutes. And, yeah. and, we're not, selling, and we didn't get tickets because no, jerks no. were selling them for $9,000 and they sold the preliminary actual public on sale in under five minutes. And I was in that waiting room at, I don't know, 930. And they well, sold. Hit us up, and Conrad Thompson. Hit us up, Tony Khan. Hit us up, Jericho Bucks, because we love you guys. We want to be there. We want to support you. And let us be there. WrestleCast Radio. Get us on Twitter. We get those likes from you. We get the love. We get the Shima. Let's do this. Let's get WrestleCast out there. But the I don't know. I don't know. Never mind. I just I I'm frustrated. It just frustrates me. That's all. No, not as much as this Chamber uh, pay per view and, and and kind of what I said before. And I feel bad for Ruby Riot. Kind of all because she is talented, and it was just like it was on WWE's Twitter or their website or whatever. Like, hey, this match is happening, and I thought you know their their kind of their their promotion on on Raw, you know, but you know was pretty good. But again, Becky Lynch had to you know play a hand in that. You know, she had to come, and and guess what happened? It all happened after Raw went off the air. You know, they had to post that on social media, which I get. That's the marketing nowadays. But still, it's it's just ridiculous. Ruby Riot should be built as a bigger prospect, not just a Liv Morgan babysitter. And she's that damn talented. Where yeah, it's believable where she could beat Ronda Rousey. It'll be interesting how they go. But your everyday fan, you know, like me, you know, without kind of learning or watching more of her back stuff, it's just like, oh, she's gonna get creamed. And sadly, she'll get her two minutes, and then it's just going to be. Well, I don't know. Rousey has, has surprised me with every match. So I'm hoping this will be different. But here's where I think this whole match is flawed, too. Is So three weeks ago, Ruby Riot gets a title shot. Okay, Two weeks ago, yeah. she gets her, her only televised singles win in the entire year. So we're in February, and she got her first one on TV. And then the week go-home show, it was Vince McMahon... Uh, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch changed to Rousey and Charlotte Flair, and Ruby Riot's name and nor the match were even mentioned. The week before, yet two weeks before that, you give her her first televised win of the year to try to build to it, and then on top of it, if you look at since she came up to the main roster, I think I saw somewhere statistically she's lost nearly eighty percent of her televised matches. Yeah. So I understand it's a filler. So if you're taking this approach, use Ruby Riot's ability to get Ronda over and have Ronda squash her in two, three minutes and make Ronda look strong because it's not going to hurt Ruby Riot. The problem I have Why is it's going to be a fifth. Yeah, well, because she beat her and Sarah Logan in the same match. Oh, 
And then that's how Ruby Riot got the shot three weeks ago. The the yeah. problem being is now they're going to give Ruby Riot a 15 minute match with her after it did nothing, which does nothing to help Rousey. It may, it doesn't do anything to make her look stronger. Then you have this random woman that you actually make look good on your pay-per-view that you're just going to bury yeah. for the next six months on TV. It's a lose, lose for everybody. It's going to be horribly booked. And it's the only way to Ziggler Shinsuke Nakamura theory that you have. <laughs> Yeah, no, this this match needs to be two, three minutes long, and it needs to be the reason why you didn't pay any attention to Ruby Riot even being talked about with Ronda Rousey to begin with. And then that's how you make Ronda go, get out of my way. I'm going, you know, ice and, ice and Band-Aids or whatever, ice and whatever yeah. the hell she said to him, you know. So that's, yeah. that's my problem is they're going to completely forget that they've given Ruby Riot no time, and they're going to go, let's give him 15 minutes, damn it. Well, there's only and, six and matches on a four-hour telecast. How the hell are they going to fill that time? They, they yeah. actually have a match still on free on the pre-show. Where I'm like, throw the damn cruiserweight match on the main show for God's oh, sake. That that could be the best show on the card. Like, yeah, seriously. And you have buddy, buddy Murphy. Where they're going to go 45 minutes each, and half of that time is going to be with intros. Mm-hmm. There's, there's there's a reason that people are on, on Twitter are calling him Big Match Buddy now. This dude is having the best matches on every show. That four-way on the Rumble was awesome. Might have been my favorite match yeah, of the whole yeah. Rumble. Akira oh, Tozawa yeah. has been one of the most reliable workers in the company. <laughs> this is going to be great, but, but the problem with this match is they're going to be out there as people are getting popcorn and having a conversation and have half the crowd. And I, I'd be, I would love to walk up to a Vince McMahon or Triple H and go, you want 205 Live to be a brand. You want to cha- your championships to mean something. You're trying to push these people, but then you put them on a pre-show where you know, nobody cares. And I can guarantee you they're responsible. Well, if we put them on the pre-show, they'll get 20 minutes as opposed to five. And then I would look at them and go, well, according to Survivor Series, the pre-show doesn't matter because SmackDown beat Raw on it. And Michael Cole said to all of us, the pre-show doesn't matter. Yeah. Where and, they, and the thing they, is, is throw that damn 20 minutes onto the four-hour show. Like, why I, do I we don't need, get why they won't do that. Why do we need Baron Corbin Braun Strowman again? Oh, my God. I We don't. We don't at all. Why do we do Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush versus Balor, which, again, it's ridiculous. See, you make, have Braun Strowman squash Corbin and not think if this is a street fight or whatever, this is going to take 20 minutes because they're going to leave the building and then he's going to tip him over in a porta potty. And then he's going to throw him in a lake and then he's going to tip over a cruise ship on top of Baron Corbin. And it's going to take, longer than the chamber and instead of putting murphy and tozawa on the main show if he throws a cruise ship on him i will pay you a million dollars i will rob a bank i will pay for for dave and jessica's wedding i will send them to africa for a month and i will pay you a million dollars if somehow braun Strowman throws a cruise ship which again it's not out of the realm of reality Again, like Baron Corbin ball. Yeah, we don't need this. This is literally look at a, a SmackDown Raw card with with a, a structure, you know, that's greater than Hell in a Cell. If you made if you made Corbin and Strowman five minutes as opposed to fifteen, and you made Rousey Ruby Riot five minutes as opposed to fifteen, you could give Murphy and Tozawa fifteen minutes and let them open the show for you, and everyone would be in their seats and the crowd would go. That's your hot opener. Yeah. Yes, that's your opener. It's not freaking hard. This company sucks, <sighs> and I'm mad that and we have, have what nine, and they have what forty writers. Sorry, yeah. Jimmy Jacobs, but even I, and, forty writers uh, do that one. 
curious case that we have people that listen, or the people that listen to us because we talk about WWE, or I wouldn't watch this. Like that's like here, he, let, and let me say this. Let me. Let, I'm going to give you a fair assessment on WWE that I haven't said in two years. WWE is trying. I can. I yeah. can physically see that they are trying to put out a good product ever since the before you know the beginning of the year. No, since their the announcements since they, since they said we're in charge, but we're not because we're getting no, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin again, but for no reason. Look at quality man. Look at they look at they they gave us the all Miss Rey Mysterio stuff, which is really good. They they finally gave us the revival, which we've been asking for. You yeah. know we're. We finally may get some sort of conclusion to this Bailey and Sasha Banks thing, where they may they're they're either going to win the titles tonight or they're going to turn on each other, and the Iconics are going to win the belts, or, or stupid Nia Jackson Tamina are going to win them. But yeah. that's besides the point. Is at least we get a conclusion to Bailey Sasha tonight, you know. So yeah. I, they're trying. Hey, they're they're definitely trying. With great seeing you. Thank you. You know, they're giving us Balor in a you know in situational matches. They're they're trying, you know, but but the problem yeah. is trying can only get you so far when you can't figure out how to close the show. Like you, when when you yeah. can't figure out a book the thing correctly, that's great. I I watched the, the, for the last five years. I've watched the Los Angeles Lakers try, but when it comes to the fourth quarter, I know they're going to lose and it's going to suck. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting. I so, perfect world. You, you want a Kofi? You want a Kofi takeout? Have Biggie freaking legs and take out Kofi. Oh man! I mean, they already did the uh, barbershop window reimagining. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, if you want something crazy to happen, have Samoa Joe win the title, or yeah. you know, instead, what I, I here's here's uh, what's Joe happening. Danielson. Oh man! Daniel Bryan is going <laughs> to very end. Um, My thing is, 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 like you said, if they're trying, then they should have did the audible. Yeah, you can have Seth Rollins penciled in a few months before, but we've seen that. We've seen him pin, you know, and win the title at WrestleMania just a few years ago. Do something different. Get the first Universal Champion. Get the momentum. Build on that momentum from the Rumble. You have Vince McMahon loves the Demon. Why not have that be the match before Lynch and Rousey? Well, sadly, add Charlotte in. Not sadly, but you know what I mean from the perspective sadly. of the it's match. Sadly. And you have the Beast and Lesnar with the, the pyro, with everything right there, and that is your match. That is your male main event right there. That's your number two because people are going to be more, um, you know, kind of glued to that and invested into that because of that Rumble match as they were instead of, you know, a Lashley-Balor match. Hell, I'd rather see Balor and Leo Rush at WrestleMania if that's, the, you know, the thing that's they're going oh, yeah. to do. But that's the <laughs> stupidest thing that they've done. And then, like I told you, and like I said on the show, then you do the audible. You have Rollins still win the Rumble, but you say, you know what? You were the head of this organization. You ran that. Then I came in, and I ran that for a few years. We were the indie darlings. Everyone's talking about independent wrestling this, independent wrestling that in 2019. We were the guys doing that in the 2000s. Let's tear it up. Let's have a wrestling match. Blank your hemp belt. I'm coming for it. I'm going to burn it down, and that's your match. And then you have two fantastic on paper and hopefully in the ring, solid, fantastic four, yeah. four and a half, four and three quarter matches and people will get on board. Not what, what the hell are they going to do with the SmackDown title? Mustafa Ali. Sure. Awesome. Is the concussion going to be well? Obviously we know the protocols, they stretch that out so much, 
Who are they going to do? Danielson can't lose the title. He's their best thing on there. Andrade, you can't just automatically, even though we're all goldfish and we, you know, don't care, but for the smarts like you and I and everybody listening here, my thing is you do Andrade and, and, and uh, Daniel Bryan, yes, on paper, you know they're going to deliver. But what's the basis? What's the point? You had two solid matches of what I just said with the build and everything. It's going to be interesting. You know, I have no idea what, what this show tonight's going to bring. So let, let me defend Daniel Bryan against Andrade Cien Almas, as I still call him, um, to kind of what we talked about a few weeks ago. You could still have Daniel Bryan win and have uh, Almas win some sort of battle royal a la Booker T winning. And you could have uh-huh. him last eliminate Rey Mysterio, and you could Ooh. have Ray get in the ring and extend his hand and they shake hands. And Daniel Bryan could come on and be like, oh, that's so cute. You know, you guys talking about this and that, blah, blah, blah. You know, and all, you know, and he could flip it into something. And the crowd would get yeah. behind it. You know, you could oh, yeah. get them to get behind it. Um, you know, to be fair, though, I, I, I still think AJ Styles and Randy Orton happens at Mania. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if Orton and Daniel Bryan start a program to go into WrestleMania again. So we get another Daniel Bryan-Randy Orton match. Or... <laughs> Who's to say we don't see Bray Wyatt show up and we get Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt at Mania? I still think that's a I still think for, for the possession happen. of Eric Rowan's flannel. Yeah, is that going to be well, the then, match? Flannel yeah, on a pole well, match. You bring you bring Harper back and Harper could go with Wyatt. And then you have then you could do Harper versus Rowan again. I mean, come on! Mm-hmm. It's, look, it's only been five years. We got to start recycling. It's WWE. <laughs> Once again, you know, it's I I can only assume so much to not have it happen. Well, one thing's for sure, though, at WrestleMania, Dean Ambrose will be in the uh, in the All-Star Battle Royal. But, I mean, it'll be interesting. I cannot wait to listen to the remainder of the show. So, unfortunately, I have to continue the celebration and then go oh, enjoy yourself. make sure my mom's knee didn't explode. Uh, cannot wait to hear your, your, your picks on the Elimination Chamber, which I still cannot pick. But before I go, again, who do you think is going to edge out Kofi? Um, and maybe it would be Andrade. Why? Again, but you can't have a heel heel. What the hell? They booked themselves in a corner tonight, WrestleCast fans. Again, check us out on Facebook, WrestleCast Radio, also Strong Style Media. Um, you can find us on the Twitter at WrestleCast underscore SSM. And, of course, buy our merch. We got three great new shirts. Hey, guess what, Ryan? I talked to a great uh, vendor out here uh, for some awesome new material that we could start selling at WrestleCast. Um, and strong style. Um, so check us out, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash WrestleCast. Buy some merch, $19.99. Hell, they got a great sale, 20% off. Um, we'll get that over on our social media. So use the promo code, get 20% off. Buy all shirts, and you know what? You get 6 bucks off. That's your shipping. Boom. Have a Rachel Ryan. We'll talk to you in a few days. Go DDT. That's what I like to hear. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Alex Mello jumping in with us here. Yeah, promo code PREZ. Get 20% off your order starting tomorrow at noon. Uh, $20 shirt. Get it for 16 bucks. Say 4 bucks a shirt. It's a good deal. It's a hell of a deal. Let's talk this chamber. Um, obviously, we kind of got into it, but let's, let's look match by match here. Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber. Nia Jackson, Tamina versus the Riot Squad versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus the Iconics, versus Bailey and Sasha Banks, versus Naomi and Carmella. Ooh, this could be rough. <laughs> I don't know how we look on this. I, I think Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville don't win. I think Naomi and Carmella are out. 
I think the riot squad's out. I think you're, I think you're, you're, you know, I still think Nia Jackson, Tamina, because of what they are, you know, their size and everything and the way they're playing them up, they're the favorites to go into Mania to face Sasha and Bailey. You could have Sasha and Bailey turn on one another, have Bailey finally take that heel turn and have them work at Mania if you really want to. Um, but I think, I think in an odd way that the, the Iconics have a really dark horse chance of winning. And I know they're not always everyone's cup of tea and they're not always the the best in ring per se, but they're really, they have a really good gimmick and they're really good at their gimmick. And I think if you're in there with good workers, you know, you know, they're working people like Sasha and Bailey, they could still have a good match. And so I think that's a dark horse chance. Um, Nia, Nia and Tamina are, are my picks just for the fact that Sasha and, and Bailey are the first entrants. So do they run the table? It's possible, but I'll go with I'll go with the uh, the Samoan shit team because they're so bad at wrestling uh, to get the victory. Uh, Miz and Shane, Miz McMahon against the Usos. Part of me really hope that the Usos win, or excuse me, that Shane and the Miz win and the Usos get to leave, and hopefully we can go to all all the wrestling and we can get the Usos, Lucha Bros, and the Young Bucks. Um, that would be a, a cleanup in aisle four type tag match. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I still think obviously Miz and Shane are going to, are going to have a match at WrestleMania. I think it's, I think it's too obvious. It's just, do they go into the match where they still have the titles? Um, I don't know. I mean, do, does, do we get a Shane and Miz against New Day instead at Mania? Does Shane go heel and Miz stay face? I don't know. This is another match where it's just really hard to tell, which I guess isn't a bad thing. You know, these are two matches now where I can't tell you who's going to win. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go Miz and Shane retain. So I'll go Miz and Shane and then Nia and Tamina. Uh, Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, who gives a damn? I'll go Braun Strowman. Guy who could have been a main eventer for this company, Braun Strowman, they've just completely done nothing with. People don't care anymore. Uh, I mean, Baron Corbin was, was, they said he was the reason ratings declined on their television show. Yet they still have him actively on TV in main event things. The guy doesn't even have wrestling gear. Get some wrestling gear. You look like an idiot out there in dress pants. Doesn't matter. Braun Strowman, I hope, beats him in two minutes. We don't have to see any more of this. Uh, Finn Balor gets the IC title shot, taking on Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match. Um, <laughs> um, let me find this quote here. This is from uh, this is from Barry Hess over at the Voices of Wrestling. Uh, quote: Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are just two acts that do not connect with me on any level. Lashley, like a mannequin in a department store, is completely devoid of any emotion, charisma, or basic signs of life that make me want to care about him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You get a better WrestleMania match for Finn Balor. I could see Balor pinning Leo Rush, and then Lashley gets a rematch at WrestleMania. Whatever, I'll just I'll go Finn Balor, uh, Buddy Murphy, Akira Tozawa might be the match of the night. 
Uh, only reason I'll actually probably turn the pre-show on in the background here. I'm going to go Buddy Murphy to get the victory. I think he's got to keep that title going into WrestleMania. I never thought I'd be saying I'm excited for a Buddy Murphy match, but, you know, last six months, boy, since that tournament, he's turned it up, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Ruby Riot. we already kind of talked about this. I'm going Rousey, and I hope it's a squash, as it should be. And I'm going to go Daniel Bryan retaining in the Elimination Chamber against AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, and Kofi Kingston. Should be a pretty good match. On paper, it looks really good. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, But I'll go Daniel Bryan to retain. Um, That is our Elimination Chamber preview. Uh, Real quick, I'm just going to... uh, going to give you some find some random uh i don't really i you know we, we haven't had a commercial in a while and it's partially because it's all under construction i'm going to try to get some new commercials set out here soon so let's just play uh the theme from the the one and only hulk hogan movie no holds barred i'll be back in about two minutes don't go away we'll come back dragon gate truth gate 2019 we got to talk that Pac versus kz match wrestlecast radio No easy way out. That is no holds barred. <laughs> we got a half hour left in the show here, coming at you. I want to get into this Dragon Gate Toothgate from February 10th. This was the final show at the Hakata Star Lanes in Fukuoka, Japan, for Dragon Gate. Um, good fun show here. I won't. I won't get into too much in detail with a lot of it. I'm going to kind of just go off a little cheat sheet here because I really want to give time to the main event. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm choking, apparently. 
Um, opening match, we saw Kness brother Yashi Gamma and Problem Dragon defeat the team of Dragon Dia, Kaito Ishida, Jason Lee, and uh, Shachi, Shachi Hoko Boy. I can never say his name right. Uh, Kness gets the pinfall on Jason Lee with the Hikara Nawa. It was, you know, a perfectly fine match. Um, good opener. One thing, if you watch Dragon Gate, they always have hot multi-man matches. <laughs> so you're, you're never going to get anything like too amazing with some of these openers when you get some of the veterans and some of the youngs and stuff, but it's, but it's always fun. Um, if you're a fan of them, Don Fuji defeated Stalker Ishikawa. Uh, Stalker Ishikawa came to the ring that was, would, would have made Jeff Hardy, uh, get confused. Uh, it was bigger than the ladder that Asami Kodoka climbed against Masashi Takeda in that big Japan death match on January 21st. Uh, Don Fuji's at the top of this thing, and I swear his head was going to hit the ceiling at the Hakata Star Lanes. <laughs> um, instead, you know, he just kind of climbs up to the top of it and then uh, kind of realizes where he is and what's going on in the ref. So, I mean, the ref's standing with his arms over his head, and he's only at the middle rung. So, I mean, that's how big this thing is. So Don Fuji decides to just climb down and says, eh, let's not do that, and then just puts a boot to Stalker Ichikawa. <laughs> So everybody loves Stalker Ichikawa. Um, always fun. So, so go out of your way to check this out. wasn't anything that's going to blow you away, but it's, it's a quick couple minutes of fun. Uh, Shin Skywalker defeats Kagatora and Yasushi Khan in a three-way. Um, uh, Kagatora gets, gets added to this bout here uh, late. But nice fun match here. 7.37 was the time on it. The Ashla from uh, Skywalker on Yuji Kanda. Uh, Yasushi Kanda to get the victory. Fun little match there. Um, Eita, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Takashi Yoshida defeated the team of Hio Watanabe, Kota Minora, and Yuki Yoshioka. Uh, Hio Watanabe, Kota Minora, and Yuki Yoshioka are the uh, Mochizuki Dojo kids. Um, you know, they, they came out, went went hard. Nice nice stuff from it. Um, Ada, Ada con- continues to get overused and pushed. And this was something even back in the Shima days. And, you know, they did this with T-Hawk as well. And we've seen T-Hawk succeed now. Um, but I don't know. Something just doesn't click. You know, let me know, guys, what you think of Ada. If if he can ever truly get to that next level. Um, anyway, though, they get, they get the win. Uh, Red gets the victory in this this uh, t- uh, six man tag match. Uh, Yoshioka, though Yuki Yoshioka is looking pretty good. Uh, so so we'll see how he continues to grow. Like I said, the Mochizuki kids are always fun. Um, then we had UT and Kai defeat the team of Big Ken. Or uh, I was gonna say uh, I can't remember Big Ben. Was what I was gonna say Ben K and Big R Shimizu. Um, UT and Kai. Awkward team Kai from All Japan. We saw him face Kento Miyahara at the 1-3 show in Cork and Hall. Uh, big big Arshimitsu and Ben K are also in red. Um, good stuff, though. UT worked real hard. Um, Kai was in there throwing some hard shots. Uh, now UT's got victories over Takashi Yoshida and Ben K. I mean, they're starting to... Starting to get it going. Eita accidentally hit Ben K with a chair, causing the the roll up victory. Red continues to have some issues. We'll see where this is going. Um, we're starting to get into the spring summer where we we end up getting to the big uh, faction war type stuff, and those are always really really fun shows. So, um, 
there's a there's a cool gif Lariato, uh, Mr. Lariato on Twitter posted. Ben Key Ben K hit a giant uh, drop kick on UT. It was brutal looking. I'll try to get that tweeted out for everybody on there. Um, and then when it was billed as the Thank You Hakata Star Lane special eight-man tag team match, we saw the team of Genki Horiguchi, Dragon Kid, Masato Yoshino, and Yamato defeat the team of Masaki Mochizuki, Naruki Doi, Ryo Saito, and Susumu Yosuka. Uh, so kind of a kind of a split up, throwing throwing the, uh, the the old Toruman history kind of like we talked about with Taiji Shimori in the mix. Um, but it was it was an awesome awesome eight-man tag. Um, there was a there was a nice nice spot where Doi and Yoshino tagged it at the exact same time. That that um that was really awesome. Um, crowd got really behind that too, so that was that was nice. Um, Mochizuki's almost fifty, and this dude continues to put on some of the best work that that you'll see anyone do. Um, you know, just up, just up there, just like a guy like Minoru Suzuki does. Uh, and then we get the Open the Dream Gate Championship match, the one I wanted to talk about. Uh, Pac defeats KZ. I went four and three quarters on this match. This was as close as you could get to a five star match with just maybe maybe a couple more near fall. I don't know what it was, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just Casey isn't like like if he if he was just a little a little more polished. And that's, that's I'm not trying to say anything bad about Casey either, but I'll tell you right now, this was one of the best Pac performances I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was his first successful defi- uh, his first successful title defense. Uh, KZ's second time he got a shot at the Dreamgate Challenge uh, at, at the Dreamgate title. He he gets the loss, like I said, but. Everything from start to finish made sense. It was it was way fun. It was way good. There was so much good stuff going on with it. We see right at the beginning, uh, they're doing the national anthems for the two countries. Um, KZ's on the right side and Pox on the left uh, corner. And the minute the UK national anthem starts playing, we see KZ slowly stop and turn his head, which is a very good callback to when Pac beat Masato Yoshino for the title. He charged him during his own entrance uh, or his own national anthem uh, to a ton of booze. So he he looked over his shoulder and kind of was ready for it, which I thought was a nice, nice little uh, throwback to that. They had an awesome, awesome counter where Pac got KZ into a um, backslide powerbomb that was that was brutal. Um, there was there was spots in this match where I thought KZ was dead. <laughs> um, he hits a shooting star press while KZ standing up onto his back, which was awesome. Every time he kept going for the black arrow, for those of you, the red arrow, and instead of him going and getting it countered, KZ would manage to roll away or climb on the rope just enough to get away from it so Pac would have to come back down. And frustration set in, you could tell, because KZ used it to, to get the upper hand at some points. Back and forth, like I said, went continuously well. Everything Pac did in this match, it was like a video game. It couldn't have been any more perfect. The kicks, the pacing, just just the, the exchanges and chain wrestling to the high spots, to the pacing of the match, to the way he executed and timing he had on the big spots. It was tremendous. I'm like I said, if this was Pac's performance in this match, I think was the best performance I've seen anybody have in twenty nineteen. It just if if KZ was just 
a, a little bit, you know, if you, KZ, I'd give like a 7.5 out of 10, which I might be on the low totem pole. Maybe that's why. But if he was an eight and a quarter, you know, an 82 rating in, in a video game instead of a 75, it's sort of a five-star match. And, and, you know, maybe it was just designed to be that way too. And that's fine. You know, I'm not taking anything away against the match. Like I said, this is oh, top three, top five, but probably top three, top two of the entire year. Um, Pac immediately vaults into a different stratosphere when I start looking at who I'm placing people. This year, I'm going to try to keep tabs every month who my wrestler of the month is. We all know Daisuke Sakamoto was last month. Um, this showing by Pac immediately put him in a different level right now. Uh, you know, he's right there with Jay White for having the best month of February. So it, it was just, it was a great match, great psychology. Everything they did made sense. Uh, a brutal tombstone pile driver from the middle rope. There was a nasty lariat near the end too. Eventually, Pac hits him with the black arrow, gets the victory. I mean, even the even the floor spots. There was a there was a nice time where where KZ went out and Pac went after him, and or or Pac went out, KZ went out after him, and then Pac changed and somehow he got him up on his shoulders, and he did like a reverse attitude adjustment to Pac on the apron from the floor. I mean. Oh, it was good. It was really good. Go out of your way to watch it. Um, if you if you Google, uh, what, what did I Google for it? Or what, what was I going to say to Google for it? The uh, do Pac versus KZY from February tenth. Um, there's there is a a website that does have it. It's not on the Dragon Gate Network yet. Like I said at the beginning of the show, um, they did pull it off, but it was it was just one of those situations too where it felt like the crowd was a hundred percent behind KZ, but definitely did not want Pac to lose the title and, and leave or anything. But this is, this is, this is Pac. like Neville's gone. And that's the best thing. Um, I'm just saying this, this match was really good. And, and it showed that KZ is going to be, you know, this is he's he could be the guy that they wanted T Hawk to become before T Hawk left with Shima to do the Stronghearts and Oriental Wrestling, the Orient Wrestling uh, uh, Entertainment. Um, but it was it was good, man. It was good. Uh, it looks like it looks like Shin Skywalker is going to get the next shot at the Champion Gate in Osaka on March third. So that'll be coming up. So kind of kind of keep your eyes out for that. Um, here's here's the essential. This is this is the uh, from the the Dragon Gate translate. Uh, Pac told KZ that he tried to warn him, but he wouldn't listen. Hopefully, now he has learned his lesson. He is the Open the Dream Gate champion. Who in Dragon Gate can stop him now? He is unstoppable, irrefutable, undeniable. Nobody in the company compares to Pac. This brought out Shun Skywalker. He told Pac that he wanted to challenge him for the Dreamgate Championship. He beat Ben K in Tokyo last week, but he doesn't think he'll, um, he has passed him yet. If he could beat Pac, then that would cement him at the top. Eita tried to run, it, run him off, but Pac stopped him. Pac said Shun Skywalker is a good fighter. He, he was impressive. Uh, he was impressed that Shun wasn't scared. He was lucky because Pac was feeling uncharacteristically generous. He accepted the challenge. Uh, General Manager Yagi told Shun that this was his chance to show everyone just how far he has come. This match now set up, like I said, for the champion gate in Osaka on March 3rd. 
Dragon Gate came to play. Definitely got your way to check that out. Um, last night was the DDT Judgment 2019 show. Um, we just got about 15 minutes left in the show, so I think I'm actually going to wrap it up here. Uh, it's a couple minutes early tonight because Alex is going to come back with me on Wednesday. We're going to review the chamber, and we're going to review Judgment uh, 2019 with Alex having the full full watch. But I'm going to tell you right now, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the ratings here. I gave I gave a, a battle royal a 3.75, which usually I put an NR for no rating. It was one of the funnest rumbles I've ever watched. It was you know just like a royal rumble. It's their time difference battle royals they call them. Um, you know, I, I got another four and a quarter match. I got another three and a half. I got another four and a quarter or another four star match. Um, I got a four and a half too. And then I want to talk about one of the most disappointing matches of the year for me. Um, I won't give that out yet because I don't want people to watch this and watch it with the thought and intent that it isn't good because that's not what I want to happen because it was, it was a, it was a weird case where I'm going to go to bat for one guy and I'm going to really trash on another guy. And it's a guy that you would never hear me trash on. So it should be interesting. I can't wait to hear Alex's thoughts and your guys' thoughts. Once again, um, Thank you all for listening to this wacky show that we had for you tonight. Uh, make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow at WrestleCast underscore SSM on the Twitter. Uh, you can subscribe, as always, to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Radio, TuneIn, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and also where you're listening to us live now on blogtalkradio.com. And as we mentioned before, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash WrestleCast. Get yourself some gear. we got three different shirts out for you. Starting at noon tomorrow, use promo code PREZ. Get 20% off your orders for 48 hours. Once again, starting at noon, Central Standard Time tomorrow. Thank you all for listening this fine Sunday. And uh, hopefully you guys got a lot to drink because Elimination Chamber is about an hour away. And if you're going to watch it, you're probably going to need it. We'll talk it Wednesday. Have a good evening. <laughs>